Welcome to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann of Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Good afternoon to you, Dr. Mann. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. March Madness is over. You know, our teams in the triangle didn't quite make it, but hey, spring is upon us. There's, there's been a void in our lives here yes. for uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks, and uh, you know, I, I guess we'll, we'll get over it at some point, but uh, hey, there's always next season there's to look cu- forward to. Three or four months to football season, so yeah. Not that we're I counting. think we'll make it. Yeah. I think we'll make it. I, I think you're right. Now is the time where we, uh, we go outside for a little bit and actually get things done instead of uh, plopping down on the couch to watch games all weekend, but uh, I'll still find a way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Man, we've got a, a great topic lined up, and this is one that we've we found a lot of interest here from our WPTF audience in this regard. And we're going to be talking about healthy start and breathing disorders in toddlers and children. So, you know, when we hear about these breathing disorders in children, what exactly is that? And what exactly is causing that? That's a great, you know, a lot of people don't even know that their toddler may have a breathing disorder, you know, and that's one of the things that we are doing this program for. But uh, breathing disorders are basically um, and, and it usually occurs, it occurs during the day, but it affects children mostly when they sleep. And sleep breathing disorders occur when, um, and or breathing disorders occur when there's not enough air being passed into the uh, toddler or the young children's lungs when they breathe. Okay. And or there's not a, 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 um, the right amount. So um, we hear about sleep apnea all the time, and we've talked about it before. Well, it's, it's a form of apnea in children. You know, they have narrow airways and or they have big tonsils or adenoids and they can't get enough air through their airway. Okay. And this starts as young as one and a half all the way up. We see 18, 19 year olds that are still having issues. So basically it's just not being able to get enough oxygen. And what does that cause? Your body has to breathe and it has to get oxygen to the cells so that you can live. So your body adapts to that. What does it do? Well, it affects your sleep. Okay, when you go to sleep, you can't get good quality sleep, which is REM and deep sleep, because when you go into REM and deep sleep, your body goes into a very mild breathing pattern or a slow breathing pattern. Okay, if you have a sleep breathing disorder and your airways closed off, you can never get into those uh, phases because your body knows that it won't get enough oxygen. So that that really is, 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 is what it is in a nutshell. You have to have enough oxygen to survive. Your body will not allow you to get the good sleep you need because it knows you'll not be able to get enough oxygen. Yeah. And so what would be the, the symptoms and signs to look out for? Because, you know, usually when you think about these sleep breathing disorders with adults you know you you have a spouse and they say hey you know you're snoring like a bear and okay you probably need to get that checked out well i I have to imagine that it's it's a little bit different with children somewhat but you'd be surprised snoring is a is a very common thing that we see with children with sleep breathing disorders um a lot of parents need to go back into their children's room once the child falls asleep okay because when they first fall asleep they're not into that REM or deep sleep so i tell all of our parents Watch your children while they're sleeping. Go up 15, 20, maybe even an hour after they've gone to sleep and watch them breathe. There's two things you want to look and listen for. One, are they breathing through their mouth? Okay, that is, is, is a bad sign. That means they probably have some form of sleep breathing disorder. Number two, are they snoring? Okay, if they snore, then 
uh, that that is a sign that their airways is not as wide as it needs to be. And number three, are they stop? Do they stop breathing? Do they stop breathing? Do they choke or anything like that? That would be something that you would want to uh, you know keep uh, note of because if it's happening on a regular basis then that would be a sleep breathing disorder. If a child gets sick and it happens, you know, if they have a stuffy nose, that's not that I don't count. I wouldn't say that's a problem, but if it happens all the time, you definitely want to make sure that that's addressed. Some of the other symptoms that we see are look at your child during the day. Are they mouth breathing? Are they mouth breathers? Are they are their lips separated throughout the day because they're bringing in air? The lips need to be sealed off and starting at around one and a half we need to make sure that that is occurring. And if it's not, then basically we, f- we find that, that it's, it's a problem. The other thing that we see is chronic illness, such as earaches, large, enlarged tonsils, and things like that. Um, that is a sign. Wetting the bed after they should be potty trained, that's another sign of a sleep-breathing disorder. Um, Wait, which, wet, wetting the bed? Wetting is... the bed. So if you have a hard time um, potty training your child, they should have already been potty trained. They're still wetting the bed. That is a sleep breathing disorder issue more than likely. Um, doing really bad in school, even though they're very smart, but they're they're not they're not doing good in school. They haven't they don't have success in school. That could be a sign of a sleep breathing disorder. Um, lisping. Um, at, you know, sleep uh, or excuse me, speech impediment problems that could be a sign of uh, some sleep breathing disorder. So there's quite a few signs out there, and that and that's just some of the major ones. But um, the, in addition, there is some more. Like if if a child's waking up w- waking up with sweat on a consistent basis, that could be a sign. So there's a, there's other signs as well, but those are some of the main ones. Well, that is a, a very wide variety of potential uh, signs and symptoms, and. Uh, uh, we're, we got to take a break here in just a minute, Dr. Man. But uh, with all those symptoms that you mentioned, and that's a pile of them, does, does that mean that these are all correctable? Most of them can be, yes. If it's, if it's uh, because of a sleep problem, yes, they can be corrected. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Well, I want to get into that, Dr. Man, and uh, we got to take a quick break here. And I want to remind everyone that if they do want to schedule an appointment with you, maybe some of those symptoms are sounding familiar, get a hold of Dr. Man. Call 919-462-9338. 919-462-9338 or online at smileman.com. Smileman, man with two N's. You can schedule an appointment there if you want to have some of these symptoms checked out and uh, a child or grandchild of yours, schedule that appointment. You know, if if it can be corrected and it can be done an easy way, that would be great. Dr. Mann, we're going to continue our discussion here on sleep breathing disorders in children and toddlers right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann of Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. You can find them online at smileman.com. We're talking all about sleep breathing disorders in children and toddlers. And Dr. Mann, we've we've mentioned the Healthy Start program before on this on the show and on this station, and this is offered to children and and 
toddlers who are dealing with these sleep breathing disorders. So how does this work? Well, the first stage of Healthy Start is um, basically correcting bad habits. And we call we use an appliance called a habit corrector to correct these bad habits. And I mentioned earlier about mouth breathing. Mouth breathing is one of the things that causes a lot of sleep breathing disorders in kids because it's a double-edged sword. You know, if your tonsils are enlarged and you can't get enough air in, you're going to breathe through your mouth. If you get sick early on and you have a lot of sickness, uh, as a toddler, you might learn to breathe through your mouth and not through your nose. So our goal is to get all of our young toddlers and children breathing through their nose because that's most important. If you breathe through your mouth, all the the allergens and all the dust and all those molds and things, everything that you're breathing is being collected in your tonsils, in your adenoids. So it causes those to con- stay in a constant state of inflammation. All right. When you breathe through your nose, you have cilia, you have mucus, you have all these things that are actually filtering those bad things out. Okay. The other thing is when we breathe through our nose, we produce something called nitric oxide, which is an anti-inflammatory. So it actually helps keep those tonsils and adenoids small. All right. And that is basically why the habit corrector works in reducing a lot of these kids that have tonsil, large tonsils and things like that. Um, The other thing that we do is the habit corrector positions the tongue in the mouth so that it's not falling backwards or not thrusting forward, but actually we um, it, it, it um, basically forms a habit so that the patient is placing that tongue in the roof of their mouth. Okay, and what does this do? Well, it basically starts the process of developing the airway. Okay, we want that airway to be as large as it can be as that uh, final growth stage occurs. And the only way that can happen is if the tongue plays a part in that, and that's resting the tongue on the upper roof of the mouth. It does two things. It expands the upper palate, okay, and it keeps the tongue from falling backwards into the airway. And it also keeps the um, pressure off the lower jaw so the lower jaw has uh, the ability to grow forward. So that it plays another big part of it. It also has a big part in how we speak early on. So if you think about a lot of the um, uh, th- things that we see people have a problem with speech impediments. It's using the tongue for certain things, like putting it on the roof of their mouth or getting it in between their teeth. So it, it does all of these things. It also promotes condylar growth. Growth of the lower jaw starts basically at the condyles, which is the part that helps, it's the hinge that helps you open and close your mouth. Well, all growth is from that center. It's not at the end of your jaw. It's there. And most uh, 93% in boys and about 96% in girls, all their jaw, uh, jaw growth is done by the age of 12 years old. Wow. That, that okay. Seems a lot faster than you would think. So it's very, very important to make sure that we guide that growth and make sure that it's the best growth possible. Okay. Um, you, you see a lot of uh, kids that have maybe uh, a, a, a lower jaw that's retreated, you know, backwards. That's probably because they didn't have, they sucked their thumb, they mouth breathed, they did some habit that was pulling that jaw backwards. Um, but the habit corrector um, will, will help avoid these things. Um, and an orthodontist invented it to start the use in toddlers, and and it goes all the way up through the age of, of 16, 
Um, we do have some 18-year-olds to help correct some habits. But the earlier you start it, the easier it is um, to correct those bad habits and the less time you have to wear it. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that uh, airway development that you talked about with the jaw. So, um, you know, what are the consequences? I know you mentioned uh, the jaw kind of falling back, mm-hmm. but, you know, you said that most children, that that's, that's done by 12. Um, so that's be some serious consequences if you're not really paying attention to this very very much so so some of the signs that we'll see with with breathing disorders is you'll see dark rings around eyes uh you know mouth breathers especially you have big dark rings around the eyes Um, a lot of these patients that come in their lower mandible is back it's not out far enough and so they have you know an open bite or they have a very deep bite Um, and you can imagine as the lower jaw is back it certainly is not helping the airway stay large and open. We actually take, um, you know, a, a panoramic X-ray and can show the parents and and the toddler or the children their airway. Mostly, the parents like to see that, but we show them what their child's airway is and what the normal should look like. And we can actually take that uh, habit corrector, put it in the patient's mouth, take another X-ray, and then their airway's normal. Wow. So it's keeping their airway normal so that they can breathe, and it keeps that lower jaw out, which, again, creates condylar growth. And um, that is the main thing because if you don't develop that airway, um, you're setting your child up in adulthood to have apnea events, sleep apnea. And, you know, that requires, you know, even more things like basically a permanent CPAP where they have to wear it every night or some kind of mandibular advancement device that they have to wear every night. If we can get that jaw and airway developed while they're growing before the age of 12 or 13, the chances of having those problems later on are very, very slim. If if you're a parent and you're noticing these symptoms and uh, you obviously want to have them addressed, how long does it take for, for you to make the, the diagnosis? Is it one visit? Is it multiple visits? One visit. Wow. Yeah, one visit. We have them fill out a... Um, it's basically um, uh, signs and symptoms page, uh, and if they mark, you know, one and they grade how often they see the symptoms, we can score it and we can determine if someone has sleep breathing disorder, and we can treat them that day um, with it. The earlier you start, the better. Um, um, as I was telling you earlier, you know, we treat some bedwetters at age ten. But it might take a year and a year and a half to get them to stop wetting the bed. We've t- we've um, uh, treated three year olds who are still wetting the bed, and it takes us a month to two months. So the earlier you start, the quicker the habit's broken. And so um, anybody out there listening has a grandchild or children, don't think it's your fault that they're wetting the bed uh, or they're not sleeping well. It could be just the fact that they have that sleep breathing disorder and you need some help with 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 uh, something like the habit corrector. Yeah, that's something that you literally have no control over. You have no control. And uh, without a device like this, I guess there's really nothing you can do consciously to try and prevent that. Well, if, uh, again, this sounds like something that um, you've seen in your own children or grandchildren, give Dr. Man a call, 919-462-9338, or online at smileman.com. That's man with two N's, smileman.com. We're going to continue our conversation on sleep breathing disorders in children right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann. Jason Kong here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann of Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Thank you so much for joining us. We are talking all about sleep breathing disorders in children and the Healthy Start program. And Dr. Mann, uh, I, I felt like I read or heard this somewhere, but um, is is there a link between these sleep breathing disorders and ADHD? Well, there are some studies that show that there is a correlation between sleep breathing disorders in children and ADHD. Um, and several studies out. Um, you can easily find them online. But, um, you know, we look at the way a, a child who has a sleep breathing disorder, maybe an apnea, some children, a lot of children have apnea um, because of that airway that's narrow versus an adult who has apnea. So a child, when they have apnea, okay, and, and they don't get the sleep, you know, a human, or excuse me, an adult would come across as very tired during the day, maybe a little bit of irritable, but mostly f- dozing, you know, feeling tired all the time. With a child, it's a little bit different. Okay, they are irritable, some, but they are basically tired. So what do they do is they're a little bit hyper, okay, and their their attention is you know is not as good as it could be. Um, if they if they didn't have these sleep breathing disorders, now here's the telltale: if a child was hyperactive and they got plenty of sleep, why do we give a stimulant as a medication to take away their ADHD? Why would we not give them a downer if it was truly something that you know was attention deficit and a hyperactive disorder? It's not. It's mostly sleep uh, breathing disorders. And they have to give them a stimulant because they're tired, and they have to keep their attention and keep keep getting the the basic brain that they need to focus because they're not getting a good quality sleep. Whereas in in in, in adults, we tend to fall asleep during the day, you know, drowsy and things like that. It's the opposite in kids. So there is the correlation between the two, and we've tr- we've treated a lot of um, young children, especially. Who um, who have symptoms of ADHD in the four to five year old as they're going into kindergarten, and their symptoms go away without medication. Wow, that's fascinating. And Dr. Mann, you've talked about Healthy Start and how um, using this can help with airway development and and also with the development of your jaws. Is is this uh, in any way an alternative to? getting braces or orthodontics in general? Yeah, so the second step of Healthy Start um, is basically guiding the teeth as they come into place and the development of the jaw. So the first part is the development of the jaw, which is the which is the habit corrector. And we usually have all of our patients, whether they have a lot of symptoms, um, go through the habit corrector because a lot of us have small habits that may not be affecting our sleep, but it could affect our teeth and the way they come in. Uh, even if we straighten them, if we have like a tongue thrust, for instance, if we move our tongue forward and push against those front teeth, they will end up moving once our permanent teeth come in, even if we get traditional braces. So what we do is we form um, a guide appliance, Healthy Start Program, which is invented, uh, which was started 40 years ago by an orthodontist. We guide the teeth as they come in. Okay, we don't move them after they're already in. We guide them as they come into place so that we developed their jaw structure and we 
we basically center those teeth in the middle of the jaw. And that's basically what our goal is, is to get that perfect bite while those teeth are erupting. And what does that mean? Well, that means that, A, you don't get the rebound effect. So you know how, you know, when we got braces, you better wear that um, retainer or those teeth are going to get crooked again. Well, with, with Healthy Start, we don't see that because we're guiding the teeth as they come into place. And then once they're in place, we have these ma magical fibers that come in like vines and surround the root. Okay, and that's what holds that tooth into place so that it can't move. With traditional braces, we wait till the teeth come in and those fibers attach, and then we stretch those fibers and move the teeth into place. Because of that stretching, those fibers have memory. They want to go back to where they first formed, and, and they don't like the stretching. So if we don't wear the retainers, they'll move right back into place into the crooked as they came in. So we, we find, A, that we're creating space, which is most important. If you don't have enough space, it's very hard to create space with whether you're doing uh, when you're doing any kind of orthodontics. But with, with the Healthy Start program, we actually create enough space and we guide those teeth so that they come in so that about 96 to 97% of the people never have to have braces. Wow, that's incredible. So how, how does this work in, uh, in terms of the payment side? Is this covered by insurance? How, how does yes, this work? Yes, so they cover that the second phase of, um, of it is covered through or, traditional orth, orthodontic insurance through dental insurance plans. So they would cover it just like they would you know, if, the, if you went to and got traditional races at, at an orthodontist. Um, and we have payment plans in our office for the part they don't cover, just like you know, uh, orthodontists have. But it's a, it's a very good um, program if you start it early. The one thing I do say about Healthy Start is, is you have to be compliant with it. Okay, unlike traditional braces that are stuck on with brackets and you, you're forced to have them on, you, this is an appliance that's removable and it comes in and out. So you have to wear it and the parents have to be involved in making the kids wear it. There's good and bad to that, more good than bad. The good is you can take it out, clean your teeth properly. Um, you don't have to wear it as much. It's not as uh, uncomfortable as braces are. The downside is the compliance. If you're not compliant, you won't get the result. Yeah. yeah it's something that you have to stay on top of. It's like Invisalign. You, see those if you don't yeah. wear those trays, you know, you don't get the result as you would with traditional braces. That makes plenty of sense. And if this is something that you want to investigate further, schedule an appointment with Dr. Mann. You can do that by going online to smileman.com. That's smileman.com. Dot com Man with two N's, or you can go uh, and give the office a call, 919-462-9338, 919-462-9338 to call Dr. Man's office. He's got two of them. There's one in Cary off of three off of uh, East Chatham Street and the other in Garner off of Highway 70, two wonderful options for you to get some great treatment. And Dr. Mann, we're just about out of time for today, but what do we have on tap for next week? Well, next week we're going to be talking about, you know, there's, you know, if you have an infected tooth, you have to make a choice of whether you want to get a root canal or whether you want to pull it. So we're going to talk about how to make the right decision. Uh, that's, that's a good one because a lot of folks are faced with that decision and it's hard to know uh, which is the right way to go, but we're going to get the, uh, the expert advice from Dr. Mann next week. On behalf of Dr. Charles Ashley Mann, I am Jason Kong, thanking you so much for listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great day.